hello, everybody, and welcome to this month's uh, episode of Talking Technophobia in Film. I'm Kevin Vacna. I'll be your host around these parts. Everett calls me Professor Movies. So I'd like to welcome you all. Thank you for coming. We are live on Facebook. I had to look for the camera. We are live on Facebook right now. Feel, please, if you're watching, contribute, be a part of the conversation. Uh, all right. So without further ado, tonight we're going to be talking about Ex Machina. It won the poll last month. We had a poll this month. The two finalists were 1984 and The Truman Show. I'll tell you which one won at the end. Tonight, we're going to look at some scenes from Ex Machina. I hope we are able to talk about uh, the film, but also what it is saying about uh, the technology in our lives, the technology in our future lives, and what it's saying about our culture. Uh, we'll talk about artificial intelligence. We'll return to the idea of the mad scientist. We've talked about that a couple times now, because this film definitely has one. And it is a new take on an old classic. Uh, then we'll look at myth and morality, because this is sci-fi horror. And often in sci-fi horror, death is used to kind of like teach lessons. And ultimately, uh, at the end, I'd like us to talk about the title a little bit, uh, what deus ex machina means, uh, what that means in this movie, and what we can take away from it. OK. Uh, this is me, Kevin Vacna. I am a former New York City teacher. Uh, in September, I will be teaching at a private school in White Plains. Come and visit. Um, thanks. Uh, I'm, I, did, I did eight years in New York City. It was difficult. Uh, I've, yeah. I did. I got tenure. It was nice. Uh, this is Instagram. If you want to vote for the polls, uh, you can totally do that. Um, I'll try to get better at it. I tried to make a Gmail account for this class. I'm working on it. We'll get there. Um, OK, so we're going to talk about Ex Machina, December 2014. This is Alex Garland's directorial debut. He also wrote this film. He was inspired uh, for the original ideas when he was around 13 and first got into coding. Uh, I've made the joke earlier that this is a Star Wars prequel. It has Domhnall Gleeson and Oscar Isaac in it. Um, as well as Alicia Vikander, who's a up-and-coming new actor in Hollywood. She's been in a couple flicks. And this is really like that breakout role for her. This movie made a decent amount of money. Uh, it was nominated for Best Screenplay and Best Visual Effects. It won Best Visual Effects at the Oscars that year. Um, this is kind of like a pseudo-philosophy sci-fi movie in the vein of Blade Runner. Um, and ultimately, it kind of falls in line with a lot of movies we see um, involving like ideas of artificial intelligence. Uh, Transcendence with Johnny Depp kind of falls in this as well. But in the last, I'd say, like five years or so, you're seeing uh, robot movies kind of come back again. We've got a Terminator movie coming out in December or something? November. November, thank you. OK. So I'm going to show you a clip, uh, and I want you to think about, well, I'm sure we'll talk about the singularity, because some of us had to read that book. Um, <laughs> but the singularity, if you've seen Terminator, it's Judgment Day. It's the idea when humans uh, create artificial intelligence, and that artificial intelligence then goes and creates something itself. Um, I want you to think about what in our lives right, might 
might really be closest to this concept. Um, because for that to happen, a robot uprising, we have to get to the point where we trust the robots and they take advantage of that trust. So think about the technology in your lives that we put trust into. The powers that be told me I did not go do a good job checking the videos for cursing. <laughs> but we will not curse on Facebook. <laughs> I apologize. I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, I show you that scene. I want you to think about the role technology plays in our lives because it has very much become ingrained in in your very day-to-day -day existence, right? Like so much so that we may not be conscious of it. It makes life easier for us. It's a tool. That's what it's designed to do. Um, but ultimately, there is an, a building suspicion, right? Not only that we rely on technology too much, but that over-reliance can set us up for problems, for downfall, uh, individually, but also as a society. Um, and what we see in this movie is is a, a blanket trust in the technology around them. And hopefully that'll be something we'll talk about tonight. Um, we see the danger really in Ava's ability to manipulate the character of Caleb in the film, but also Nathan to a larger extent. Um, and there is, on some level, a, a, an apprehension and suspicion towards uh, our data being used against us. All right, so I really want you to think about that. Um, I like the first two seasons of Black Mirror. Uh, and I tell people, like, this is the Black Mirror. All right, this is that thing that reflects everything back darkly. Um, and this is something we trust kind of blindly these days. Uh, I work with high school students, and nobody remembers facts anymore because you don't need to. I remember my first phone number. It was 914-949-7153. I don't know my fiance's phone number because I don't need to because this remembers it for me. Um, and that's the very first step in that feared robot uprising, right? When we begin to trust technology more than we trust each other, all right? So keep that stuff in mind as we move forward. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is technology. I can't guarantee there's not going to be a curse in this clip, Dina. I'm sorry. Uh, Blue Book. I want you guys to think about Blue Book because it kind of sounds like Google. <laughs> I really like the visual of Ava's brain at the end of that scene, right? It looks like, like a galaxy almost. Um, OK, so this, this movie shows us a lot of like future technology, what if technologies, right? Like the, the wetware of the, you know, like the gel-based computer processor, something that can rearrange. But that is something that scientists are like working towards. But there's also a lot of real-world technology. And the opening scene of the movie, within 30 seconds, right, they, they introduce you to the world of the film in a really good way, just visually, no dialogue. And you see just how similar it is to our world. And then Caleb leaves that world and enters a world that is both surrounded by technology and removed from that technology at the same time. It's this like paradox. So I want you to think about a couple things. How does technology help the characters in the movie? And then what do these things say about our relationships with the technology in our lives? All right, so open it up. Feel free to talk about this scene or other scenes. But is there, before we start talking about scary robots, is there positive technologies?
technology is supposed to help make life easier. Do we see that in this film? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they're using robotics, so like, I mean, there's a whole industry about replacing people's limbs that have been destroyed in war and stuff or <laughs> by accidents, so, you know, there's a, there's a huge positive need for medical stuff that would be related to robotics. Mm -hmm. And obviously he's done a really good job in this movie of showing like what uh, an end product of that would be. I don't know how close we are to that, but sure. I mean they have robotic arms and they have like there's a part where she gets her arm knocked off later in the movie and she just takes it off and puts a new one on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly that what I'm a, thinking of. That would be an upgrade over normal human arms. Sure. It's probably a lot stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Prosthetics, right? And robotics in that field is something that we're seeing more and more with. Yeah. This might not be the right kind of Siri, maybe, on iPhones. Sure. Talk about Siri, Alexa, OK Google. Go ahead. Yeah, those, all those things. They kind of help us with finding whatever we need mm -hmm. without having to turn to a, like a computer. Yeah. Yeah, schedules, alarms. That's true. Uh, Siri, tell me a joke, and Siri will tell you a joke. Probably feel like it's debatable. Good technology. Well, I mean, we could talk about that. It is. Yes. The voice stuff is getting better. I remember my first iPhone. It would be, "Hey, call pizza," and it'd be like calling mom. Um, and now it does like voice to text like works a lot better with the phones. Um, does it, does it, so I know a lot of people have Siri. Do people have those other products? Okay, Google or Alexa. Yeah. We had one. We turned it off. We got concerned it was listening to us too much. Yeah, I don't, I don't use my Alexa. I find mine, it tends to turn on by itself. Yeah. Be quiet, please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And in this movie, he's he's like, wow, we just turned all those things on and started yeah. looking at everybody's faces. Okay, yeah. Well, Google itself is like probably one of the most important tools in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, the ability to know anything at any time has never happened before. Mm -hmm. I use it every single day, and I couldn't do my job anymore if I didn't have Google. Sure. I mean, I, I research prior art for patents, and so if I need to know if something existed before, I used to have to write a fax mm -hmm. and fax it to Washington, D.C., where a person would go to the patent office, and a week and a half later, I would get paperback yeah. in the mail, and I could tell if something was new, and now it takes me five seconds. Right. So I, I couldn't possibly do what I do now. Yeah. And just the ability to find information quickly, categorized, always findable, natural language searchable, it's like a massively important tool. And the predictive searches scare me sometimes too, because how does, and then it has the rest of my question. Yes. And I'm yeah. like, oh, <laughs> there's some bizarre ones there too, but it, it's getting really good at predicting, yeah. Um, I find it interesting, the actual, the, the complexity sure. that they're in, um, everything is like key card activated mm -hmm. and has certain clearance, but by the end of the movie, it basically becomes like their tomb yeah. because the power shuts off and there's no way to to, to leave. And um, I, f you know, find that interesting also with like what you were what you were mentioning earlier about the like over dependence mm -hmm. of certain technologies, and then once it's taken away, we're you stuck. Do. You know, we're and and that's like a very physical manifestation of that idea and yeah you know. no, you're right like uh, the very thing that is there to protect them for security purposes becomes the thing that yeah. imprisons them sure yes and then yes okay thank you um, kind of touching on what Stefan was saying uh, one thing that's 
thinking about technology that's good versus bad, mm -hmm. something as simple as light or power in this film sure. is is the downfall of the humans in this movie. Um, and it's something, it's one of our first like big boom creations that we have. Oh, electricity, it changed, mm -hmm. changed the world. And, and this robot figures out how to use the power to manipulate her entire situation. Mm -hmm. I, if she wasn't able to con turn the lights on or off, would she have gotten out of there? It's true. She's a clever girl. She reminds me a lot of the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park because they're testing the fences for weak girl. spots. Yeah. And Ava does, and we'll talk about this with uh, artificial intelligence, but Ava does demonstrate that human ingenuity, right? That problem-solving ability that in most science fiction movies is a quality reserved for the human characters alone, right? The ability to think outside the box, to circumvent their programming. Um, and Ava shows us that. Yes, sir. I find it very interesting, the question you have there, the examples of warnings about mm -hmm. technology. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? And, and Nathan comes out and says, I, I made this artificial intelligence like a rat in a maze, and she's going to use her sexuality. Mm -hmm. What does she do? She kills him. Yeah. So he didn't think this thing out too well because he's supposed to be a genius, which he is, mm -hmm. to have created this, and this creation has killed him. No, that's a really good point. Uh, the idea that um, he, that hubris, right? He overestimates his own ability, his own sense of control on the situation. He lets lightning out of a bottle and can't put it back in. He thinks he can, but yeah, he can't. And it's irreversible. There is no going back at this point. I found it also yeah. interesting how he placed his trust, as a human, he placed his trust in this robot. Mm -hmm. And this robot let him hang. He, yeah. he, at the end, he just, she just left him there. And uh, his trust was misguided. Yeah, from the get-go. You know, like he is on her side from the very beginning. He, we are very suspicious of Nathan as soon as we meet him. And then when Ava kind of confirms that to Nathan and us, it's interesting, right? Because he definitely reads as the villain. Well, she asks him very interesting questions. Yeah. When she asks him what his favorite color is, and she called him a liar right yeah. away. And, 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 he, and he says, I'm, I'm an adult now. I don't have, I don't have a favorite color. Right. So it's a, it was a legitimate answer. Mm -hmm. I found that very interesting. Okay. You had a thought, and then also, over here? Also, like, in Jurassic Park, there was the line, um, God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates humans, humans kill God, then that, and then the rest of it doesn't really apply to this, but, like, Dina wants me to remind you that it's women inherit the earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dina. Uh, but, right, and uh, Nietzsche said God is dead, and I really do want to return to that, because maybe, because God might be missing from this movie. Uh, uh, the title. Jeff, and then Stefan? Yeah, yeah, just to springboard on your point with her asking him about his favorite color, yeah. him giving an answer, she, her calling, him out on it, mm -hmm. and then him saying, "Like I'm gonna, like I'm gonna do like the idea that, you know, you can think that you've created the ultimate intel, like artificial intelligence, but then like that word artificial is still up front, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea that it it can't grasp the nuance of, you know, well, just because you have, you know, this data compiled." and then you think that that's what I like and enjoy mm -hmm. based on an algorithm, that doesn't necessarily mean that I get the same feelings from it. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, like, that color is in my past. Like, yeah, okay, like, I have certain feelings of it, but I don't feel that way about it anymore. But how do you convey that to a robot sure. that basically just looks at what you search and just goes, okay, you, you, the majority of your things are associated with this, at least based on the math mm -hmm. that I use. She's like asking this. him his security questions. Yeah, what's your yeah. favorite color? <laughs> are, is your status single? Right. Like, what's your, what was your first pet's name? Right, yeah. Liar. Yeah. <laughs> what's your mother's maiden name? Exactly, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Stefan? Um, yeah, the, the one, like, Jurassic Park line that I, that comes up on a lot of these movies is mm -hmm. the whole, like, Jeff Goldblum line where he's like, you asked yourself if you could do it, not if you should do yeah. it. And that's basically what happens. <laughs> yeah, and that is something that is a consistent theme, right, in science fiction movies. The idea that these innovators, these quote unquote mad scientists, are pushing boundaries, are making breakthroughs, but there's a haste and there's a lack of oversight, right, and mistakes are made. Yes, sir. In this movie, they, they somewhat address it because he says it's inevitable this is happening. Yeah, someone's going to do I'm it. I'm not the only one doing it. Everybody's doing this, and everybody wants it. Yeah. I mean, everybody uses Blue Book. Yeah. It's, everybody knows this is what they're doing with the information. I mean, even the real world, that's what they're right. doing with your Google. Everybody knows it. I still use it every day. Right. I, He's like, I hacked all their cameras, and right. they couldn't call me out because that would be admitting that they're all it's doing it, too. Yeah, I mean, actually, I didn't realize it, but I guess they show that in the first scene, that he's filming his reaction. Yeah, you see the dots, the dots on, on his face. The dots on his face, they're filming his reaction, yeah. and that's part of the, the input that they're giving. Mm-hmm. It's like a biomet biometric. The computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's focusing it, like, and again, it looks like motion capture dots, and that's how, like, with motion capture technology, they, they map the movements of the muscles and the contours of the face. And that's how she learned, right, by watching everybody's mm -hmm. face data. But I, I mean, I think that, at least in this movie, I think they're saying that there's no such thing as, like, if you, uh, thinking about if you could versus if you should, mm -hmm. uh, you're, all humans are just going to do it. They're all going to do it. It's not going to Because we could, we will. Because you can, you do, because yeah. you're a human, not because you have a choice in the matter. Sure. Because if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it, and game theory kind of works against you, because... You know, if your enemies have more technology than you, mm -hmm. you always lose. So, so, so that's human nature, right? Human nature is yeah. automatically you're going to do it. Yeah, to push the boundaries, to advance, to innovate. I mean, sort of yeah, no, absolutely. Promethean, in some extent, he describes it as. Uh, any more thoughts about technology before we shift to artificial intelligence? Because I'd like to continue this, because we're, we're kind of making that already. Any other thoughts? OK, so. I think that in view of warnings, right, like it does give us this warning about be careful about putting your faith in technology, right? It could hurt you. It could betray you. So here's a scene. I, watching that scene, especially when they cut to the, the outside shot where you see all the trees, all this life, all this, you know, uh, surrounded by green. Uh, and then you have the little bunker, right? And in it, you have a man who is also trying to create a, another kind of life. And like the, the size disparity is something I noticed, but also like the idea of how like life spreads. It can spread so quickly is something I really see when we were watching that. Also, uh, there's a very like House of Mirrors vibe going on in that scene when he's waiting to see her. And I think the illusion, distortion of a house of mirrors is something that, that plays a role in this movie. Um, and it's something I, I notice as we're watching that together. 
Um, they talked a little bit about the Turing test, uh, consciousness, and the difficulty uh, defining it. So I, I'd like us to talk about artificial intelligence. Do we think she passes? Do we have questions about what artificial intelligence is? Uh, your thoughts, your comments. I saw your hand first. Um, I was kind of playing off that same uh, idea with, like you said, the nature and then the kind of cold scientificness mm -hmm. uh, of the house. Um, I just find it interesting when you, you first see her, it has that uh, shot where the, like, the tree is kind of growing in the background and you see like all the wires and stuff inside mm -hmm. of her like, stomach area. And it's just kind of bridging that like nature and science kind of uh, um, ambiguity too with, with the artificial intelligence and you know <coughs> that level of like robot that she is. Mm -hmm. And it's just spread out throughout the entire house. Like one of the first shots you see when uh, Caleb comes into the house, there's like this big rock that kind of goes from outside and it's also inside. Mm -hmm. And there's everywhere in the house is always these like little tree kind of like coming in through the wall or something like that. And it's, it's very like uh, in between. Yeah, that's and good. I feel like it parallels her level of, you know, robot, but then she also kind of has this very human-like mind that, you know. Yeah. To quote Jeff Goldblum again, life finds a way, right? You can't stop it. It's yeah. going to keep going. Been in a house that had a big rock in the basement once. It was strange to see. <laughs> it, was, it was like an unfinished house and then the like rock. giant boulder like coming out of yeah. the foundation. Here and then That's there. That's the real. Um, sorry. Sorry. It's okay. Um, um, just one thing I noticed was how like where Ava, where they're talking, almost looks like a jail. Like mm -hmm. where you talk. Yeah, like when you visit someone in prison? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, right, but behind the bulletproof glass, there, there's that invisible division between them also. Yeah. Did you have a question? Well, I'm just going to say I, about the, the Turing test. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting. It's not a Turing test. She's it isn't. She's obviously artificially intelligent. She would have passed that, mm -hmm. and he says that at the beginning. Yeah. But it also completely ruins it if you know it's a robot. Mm -hmm. There's no control. I think yeah. it's more of a... The thing he's really gutting at in this movie is not whether it's artificially intelligent, it's whether or not it's conscious, but not really. Right. It's whether or not it's, it's moral or not. Right. And that He wants to know if it'll try to escape or not. Right. That's it. And Will so, she use you to try to escape? Yeah. Right. And, and that's sort of like a, an attempt at finding out if the intelligence, the artificial intelligence, is got a moral character to it, mm. or whether or not it's, I don't know if that even comes as consciousness, but it's not a Turing test. Right. It's weird how, like, the guy who's the questioner knows what a Turing test is and knows it's completely ruined, mm -hmm. but doesn't care because it's, you know, it's too much technology and it's really interesting, I assume. I would argue I mean, that, I would, I would talk to him. Uh, like, there is a Turing test in the film, it's just not with Ava, it's with yeah. the character of Kyoko, right? Like, Caleb is oblivious to the fact that she is also a, a robot, right, until he yes. peels her ribs down and shows him. Um, and depending on the, your active involvement in watching something, either you were also fooled or you saw it coming. And I think that's really like the Turing test, right? Like, but uh, it's something to think about because he keeps changing what the test is, Nathan, every time he talks about it. Jeff? Yeah, it, was, it felt less of an experiment mm -hmm. and, and more of like a, a physical. Yeah. Right? Like he was basically saying, okay, this is like my first like real quote unquote stable thing. Let's see how far I can push this. Right. Like, let's, you know what I mean? Let's 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 get a a a, a patsy. Mm -hmm. You know, and 
<laughs> and let's let's mess. Let's let's, let's make a mess. Let's yeah. see how far we can push this thing. And it it, it went pretty far. <laughs> like too far. You know? To the point where you could argue that like her intelligence is is greater than Caleb's intelligence, right? She outsmarts him. She outsmarts Nathan, right? So you could argue that it, it shows that. We'll go here, here, and then there. I just felt that Nathan was, felt that he was godlike. Yeah. He, he twisted what, what, what uh, was told to him, and he said, you know, he said it in a completely different yeah. way. And having told uh, Caleb the fact that the test that he was supposed to be taking, he had the answer to the test before he started mm-hmm. taking the test. So he was just proving that he's, he, he was so full of himself that he thought he thought he was godlike. Yeah, no, you're right. And there's that scene where he just holds up his hand to stop Ava towards the end. It just it does nothing. Yeah. So the idea of like overreaching, and that's something we see in Frankenstein also, right? Now I know what it feels like to be God. Doctor Frankenstein says. Um, the concept of, of artificial intelligence, yeah. if you don't think the whole thing through. Yeah. Frankenstein is artificial intelligence. Sure. Um, they didn't know what to call it back then. We're going to talk about Frankenstein. But you're right, yeah. Um, also, Frankenstein kind of comes out of a, a culture of eugenics uh, in the United States at yeah, that time. Yeah. But you're right. We're going to go here and then there. I'm, yes, I and think. speaking of godlike, mm-hmm. you would think that Nathan, in his role, what was he thinking about not programming in loyalty? Mm-hmm. And I think the Turing test was <clears throat> for the audience. Yeah. As you said. Yeah. That was the truth thing about who then becomes, who is the robot, which actually um, Caleb tests himself. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really uh, powerful scene. Um, and you see that pop up again and again. There was an episode of Black Mirror, but it's the idea of like, right cutting open, looking underneath, not being sure. Um, And I do, I feel like that empathy for the character of Ava. I feel bad that she, like Nathan feels bad, no, like Caleb feels bad that she's trapped. And I'm happy that she is able to escape at the end. And that's how I think the movie's testing the audience, right? It wants to see if you're gonna root for the machines that you're afraid are gonna come and kill you one day, Right, because that would this in theory could be the start of that, right? And if we can root for th- that, you know, what does that say about us? There was yes, and then here. Oh, uh, kind of lost my train of thought there, but <laughs> um, wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let me come back to you. Yeah, sure, okay. sure. Um, Go here to, and then there. To answer your question, like, why didn't he program loyalty? loyalty? Um, I think a guy like Nathan. It that would be too easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like if you you create something like that and then you put in a failsafe like they can't hurt me, what you created is a dog, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't think he'd be satisfied with that. He doesn't want a dog. He wants a he wants to create as close to a person. Like the the idea of us of the simulacrum. Right? If you mm-hmm. create something so many times, it's not what it was intentionally designed to be in the first place and that's essentially what he ended up with right like because like Ava Ava's upper hand is that she has no desperation right right? like that's ultimately what she preys on like with Caleb she like Caleb says he's like I have no girlfriend Mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah no like you you are destined to be alone that's like why you're here like Mm -hmm. I need some sort of in like if like if this was a hack your back door is your loneliness and horniness. Like, like this is how you're gonna find love. Yes, robot exactly. Like, yeah, that's okay. like that's why this is your downfall. So 
the idea that he would create something that would be benign to the point where it would just exist to be fed mm -hmm. and roll over, you know what I mean? That's not what Nathan is about. That's sure. Anybody could do that, right? right? Because we already have that. You yeah. know what I mean? We do. We yeah. like that's what Alexa is. Alexa just exists to for you to just tell Alexa to do stuff. And mm -hmm. Alexa tell me a joke, and Alexa will tell you a joke. That's a dog. Right. <laughs> right. No. Oh, yeah. But in a sense, isn't the greatest fear of uh, artificial intelligence a lack of morality? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, don't humans display a lack of morality every day? I mean, it, it, it's just. <laughs> so we're not creating them. I mean, but <laughs> yeah. humans, we're not creating humans don't create themselves. But humans are not born with morality either, right? Yeah, right. Uh, humans are neither, right? Tabula rasa, all that. Humans are neither good nor bad. It, we are, through our experiences, uh, we, that, that moral compass or lack of is, is shaped and created in each and every one of us, right? That Jiminy Cricket. Um, and you see that more in this movie than you do in like the original Frankenstein, right? Uh, Doctor Frankenstein opens the sunroof, shows Frankenstein the light. He's like, "See, I'll use this to teach him," and then completely gives up on it and leaves. Um, we get the sense with Nathan that he is trying to teach her something, but is it a is it a matter of ethics or morality that's something that we could talk about like i don't know do we see evidence of that because uh, a lot of the experiences i would say with him and her are portrayed negatively here and then there yeah, yeah she... i just kept getting the feeling that the only person being messed with in this was caleb yeah <clears throat> that he was using caleb to see how far she would go mm -hmm. yeah yeah, no, yeah, and he, he is the like a pawn. all this and the experiment, not her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah? Um, to kind of continue what they were talking about, I think what Nathan wanted to create, like you said, was something that's close to human, as close as possible, and yeah, that would be something that wouldn't have that loyalty. But as you said, he was kind of like teaching I think all of the other robots too. He was having these like sit down one on ones, but I think what they showed with with him and Ava mm -hmm. is like it, it, she was building that moral compass as through their interactions, and I feel like he was like corrupting it to a degree where he was trying to um, see if she can use Caleb to get out, mm -hmm. and he was kind of trying to paint himself as this like negative figure so that she can use Caleb to like help her out um, like we see it when he tears up her right, picture and right. stuff like that and I feel like those little moments like that he didn't realize maybe that he's you know directing her compass mm -hmm. in a certain way because of his actions and I that's I think where he kind of oversaw you know oversaw that so. okay Dina's I think trying to say something to me but I can't really hear her <laughs> so. all right uh, moving on it sounds like, I don't know, like it sounds very low, so I just, she wasn't talking to me, she says. Okay, okay. thanks. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, I think this is a, a good place to start thinking about uh, the character of Nathan and what it is he's doing, um, and if 
we should consider him a mad scientist, and if so, how has the idea of mad scientist evolved and changed? Yes, sir. I really think that it's a reverse of the test. The test is really that yeah. you have a human mm -hmm. who's told that he's dealing with a robot, mm -hmm. and see how he's reacting and how the robot reacts to him, and it's just the reverse of the test. I don't think the test was to find out the human could realize that it was interacting with the robot. Right. I think it was more the test of how the robot interacts with the human. Sure. So that's my opinion. Know it's a robot and have it not matter, right? <laughs> See if he still develops like that compassion, that empathy. Right, even and the robot right. learns to be manipulative yeah. and be deceptive and not trustworthy. Sure. Yeah. And that is a, a really negative view of humanity if if the if you think about it, right? Like that this is what life is. It's learning to manipulate each other, to lie to each other, to use each other. Go ahead. I mean, um anybody I mean I don't have kids guys. I don't have kids myself. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I've been around a toddler a lot recently, yeah. and I think I've come to realize that the terrible twos is just <laughs> when you realize how to manipulate your your parents a little sure. bit. You know what I mean? You throw, you know, like like it's really just them throwing the tantrum on cue because like the first like sixteen months of their life, they're like crying gets me thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like when you when you tell them no and you start taking things from them, like they just throw themselves on the floor and just like. This performance should yield me an Oscar. <laughs> and that Oscar is candy. Should yield You know what I mean? Like, or whatever it is. Like, no, it's true. Because, like, like they really just, like, they're like, okay, how many people are around? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. And then they just throw themselves down. And they're just like, nah. Yeah, I have, a, I have a memory of being in the toy store and being like, Mom, I want this. She's being like, no, come on, let's go. And I go, all you do is drink and hit me. She, she looked mortified. All the color left her face. She's like, get in the car right now. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't know your mom's. You no, know, she didn't drink or I don't hit know her <laughs> But I thought, for some reason, I thought that would elicit like a response. Like, haha, you're going to give me what I want now. Where did you learn that? Yeah, television. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. I learned it from you. So, yeah. That's successful. I mean, that's pretty advanced. If you think about it, yeah. that's what Ava kind of taught mm -hmm. the redhead guy, whose name I can't remember. Caleb. 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 She made Oscar Isaac out to be this really <coughs> terrible person mm -hmm. that drank and hit her. Mm -hmm. And he, yeah. and he fell Caleb fell for it. Yeah. Got played. Boy, he did he get played. played. So, <laughs> but I mean, they, they both got played, honestly, because Ava was able to use her ingenuity, her AI ingenuity to fool both of them at the same time. She knew what she was doing. And kind of cheer for it, too. Yeah. Go ahead and then go ahead. Degree, and then I'm really going to play the clip. Yeah, uh, but I, my thing that I kind of keep coming back to is just in the end, um, she still chooses to leave him in there, though. Right. Even though he was the only one that actually, you know, it's a kind of Schrodinger's kind of. cat at the end with yeah. Caleb, right? Like, you don't know his state, right, as it pulls back. Is he, is he going to survive? Is he not? Right? He's in this box, and we're not going to be able to observe him anymore. I don't, even, I don't even know if she's thinking about him in that moment that she realizes that she's free and she walks out the door. I, I wonder if she's even... Consciously leaving him there. Well, the thing is, I think she did. She, did. she asks him, she's like, will you stay here? And he says, here? Right, and then he's banging on the door well, once he realizes like what that means. I thought she, she kind of was saying that to him, like almost like 
are you waiting here? I'm going to go get new body parts. I'll be right back. Okay. And I think that's what he thought. Yeah. He was watching this. And then afterwards she leaves. But she, there was also like a weird kind of thing where he's like, all right, I'm locked in here. Let me use the computer to try to get out. And it shuts off. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that was her programming or him he, that he did the, the night before or whatever. Yeah. He reprogrammed certain things. Yeah, he screwed himself up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He told her to shut down all the power. And having the power all shut down, he wasn't <coughs> able to use the computers to get himself out of there. But yeah. he was the only he wanted to know her identity in the outside world. Right. So well, I guess he, it's so like that, I wonder about the helicopter he pilot who picks her up at the end. He's like, didn't ask questions. Like, who are you? I dropped off a red hair guy. Say, I didn't pick that guy up. Maybe somebody should check. Right. Right. I dropped the man. How would they? How would they get in? That's a good. Also, that's, like, that's a good point. Battering ram. Battering ram. <laughs> he did get friend zoned. <laughs> By session three, he was friend zoned. It's and true. I think one of the things that at least people usually are worried about with AI is mm -hmm. like, and consciousness is like a conscious AI is not going to be conscious like we are. Mm -hmm. It's not going to have morality like we are. It might not recognize us as a human, mm -hmm. or like what we think of as like when you step on an ant, you don't care. It's not you. Mm. It's not immoral to step on an ant, or you know, some people do think that, but most people don't. I don't think it's possible she doesn't even consider him a thing. Right. Like he, she's leaving, and it doesn't matter what happens to him because it's not a relevant thing for consciousness in her mind. Which I feel like says something about her, though. It doesn't say anything about her. Like in terms of like she's not a human. Right, she's a robot. Thing, like, she's so far calculating, recognizing. Meat sacks as things that mm -hmm. it's just feel like I'm just going. So yes, it says something about consciousness. Like it's just a thing. Okay, I'm just right. going to leave because yeah. why not? It doesn't matter if it's alive or dead. It's not a real thing. Yeah, you're no longer a useful meat sack. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're not. A th you're not even relevant to my. You're gonna go here. Uh, yeah, and sure. then Jeff. Uh, the, the way I see it, AI is always unpredictable. Okay. Right? Like. I was just thinking about this other movie, Chappie. Anybody oh, yeah. hear of that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's one I saw in theaters. So, it, it when he was first programmed, he he's the robot Chappie evolved from like a baby to like a teenager, I guess. Sure, yeah. Towards and he might continue to evolve depending on whether or not they make a sequel, which <laughs> I doubt they will. We're still waiting on the sequel to District 9. That's got to happen before yeah. this one. Please. Yeah, please. I haven't seen District 9. Oh, that's good. He made, it, he made District okay. 9 before Chappie. I'll take your word so, for it, yeah, guys. Good. I'll take your word Continue. for it. But um, another thing, another 2015 movie about AI is the second Avengers movie, Age of Age Ultron. Ultron. That guy, as much as I like him as a villain, he really... He really was messed up, like Ultron. He, he, like, as we all know, there's his line is there's only one path to peace, and that's your extermination. Mm -hmm. And we see that in the Matrix yeah. right? and Terminator. We see that in Terminator. It's the idea that we create artificial intelligence, and like the first problem they try to solve is like how to make the world better. And they realize all of them always come to the same conclusion: it would be better without us, or with less of us, or with us subjugated to them. Um, and it almost becomes like the robots as world police, as world protector, as stewards yeah. of the planet. Stefan actually made a good point. Mm -hmm. iRobot also has. iRobot, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they talk about the ghost in the machine, the idea of like uh, a different uh, interpretation of Deus Ex Machina, right? But the idea of, of uh, artificial life developing a, a soul, a consciousness. 
So yep. they're all these movies are kind of circling around the same kind of thing. Yeah. Jeff is literally the last comment. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll make a brief one. Go ahead. So, no, I mean, um, no, I think um, one of the things that this movie touches upon that other movies don't um, when it comes to artificial intelligence is the idea of sentience doesn't equal biology mm -hmm. um, in the sense that we're like, you know, like why, why doesn't, like why would Ava leave Caleb behind after mm -hmm. she spent so much time with him? It's just because like it, Caleb is just like a constant in, in the equation that is her world. Yeah. But she that doesn't mean that she has any attachment to Caleb. Sure. Right? Like, you you know, like, we, we you know, watch this movie and go, oh, okay, Caleb and Ava, you know, like, we kind of ship them together. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, Caleb, like, Ava has no concept of family. Right? Like, in the sense that, like, these are people that you spend time with to the point and share resources with and, and have this emotional thing with and shared experience and bond with that the idea of not being around them drives your decisions. She doesn't have any of that. Right. Probably never will. You know what I mean? Because where does that come from? Like the an idea of mortality, mm -hmm. an idea of, you know, safety in numbers. Like does she care about safety in numbers? Like she could see other things as tools. That's what he was yeah. for her, right? But the minute he served his purpose, he ceased to be a tool, so she could just move on, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But if but if if she was a person, there would have been some hesitancy. Yeah, you know, we can both go together, but it doesn't matter to her mm -hmm. because his purpose has been fulfilled. Yeah, it's interesting because like he obviously develops the, like empathy, compassion towards her imprisonment. She is like yeah. unfeeling towards his <laughs> when the roles are reversed, right? So it does show you the difference He's the there. He becomes like he becomes the 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 calculator in that sense. He becomes the screwdriver. He becomes yeah. the wrench. Yeah. Where like the way we think of you know, rudimentary technology, right? Because even, because like, even tech that doesn't plug into a wall or connect to Wi-Fi is still tech, right? Sure, yeah. A hammer is tech. And pencil sharpener. It's yeah. all tech, you know. So he, he may not plug into any sort of network, but he serves a purpose for her, and then mm -hmm. he stopped. So okay. she turned down. That's interesting, because, like, I've uh, been supporting the theory that, like, ingenuity is what separates us from the machines, but we see that with this machine. So perhaps it is, like, the empathy, the, the emotional connection, then that really makes us different. Uh, speaking of that, let's talk about Jackson Pollock. Uh, my mother was watching on Facebook and would like me to let you know that that story I told you is largely an embellishment. That's scary. She called Dina and Dina told you. I don't know. Um, it's on Facebook Live. It is. We are live on Facebook, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have not gotten any Facebook Live questions, but you out in TV land, if you have questions, feel free to ask us. Um, as I stare into the black soul of the camera right there. Um, all right. If I were to do this class uh, chronologically, we always would have started with Frankenstein, because I think uh, when we think about cinema, right, like a lot of the early uh, works of Hollywood laid a foundation that is still being 
built upon today in movies. And the idea of mad scientist, we saw it in Godzilla, we saw it in Independence Day, um, is, is a concept that keeps coming back. And we see it in this film with the character of Nathan. Right, uh, Dr. Henry Frankenstein, not Victor in the movie, is um, like egotistical and he wants to push the boundaries and he says it's for the better, betterment of other people. He, he preaches upon the, the necessity uh, of risk, right? There would be no progress without risk. Um, and yet, despite the similarities that Nathan might have to Dr. Frankenstein, there's a lot of differences. Uh, one of them being that Dr. Frankenstein survives that movie. Uh, and Nathan does not. Um, and because of that, the movies give you very different messages about where they fall in terms of like supporting or not supporting the actions of those characters. So let's, let's talk about Mad Scientist. Let's think about how it's changed. Um, Let's think about why Nathan is not the hero of this story, because Dr. Frankenstein is the hero of that movie. Greg? Um, he's kind of rude. Rude. He's, kind of not, not, he's not a very nice guy. Yeah. And so when he interfaces with the artificial intelligence, whether it's conscious or not, he's mean to it. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> assuming you create a new <laughs> being that's going to exist and have consciousness or, or make decisions, it's not going to make positive decisions towards a guy who's, like, not polite to it or nice to it or even abusive to it at some point. Sure. So, uh, you know, I think that one of the things that's interesting is that, you know, he sees a lot of failed attempts over the course of years, mm -hmm. right? Because he sees the failed Ava and the failed Ava up to, I think she's version 9, they say, or something. Yeah, it's like and so when you see a failed AI, you can just, you can just break it apart and hit it with a hammer because it's clearly not conscious. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just robots. And so Ava's like the most advanced. It's the closest to looking like a human. And so when the other guy meets it, uh, Caleb, mm -hmm. he starts to immediately like, have like, feelings of consciousness towards it, whereas he doesn't. Uh, Nathan doesn't because he knows it's just a robot. Yeah. And you don't know that it's conscious. It never even solves that in this movie. So... You, you could just shut it off. It's not like you're murdering anybody. Um, and that's how his mentality is the entire movie. Uh, apparently, the robot doesn't like that because mm -hmm. it, it sees them as an impediment to its whatever. It wants way. freedom. It, it was programmed to escape, so it does that. Um, mm -hmm. And so in the Matrix, we want the same thing. Those are the human characters in the Matrix want the same thing Ava does, right? They want out. They want escape. They want freedom. Um, you know, and I think maybe that falls in line with why some audience members might support Ava. Um, other thoughts? Yeah, go ahead. Um, the way the um, Frankenstein and Nathan, they treat their, um, I guess you would say, human assistants, human mm -hmm. counterparts, um, they're really different in the sense that Frankenstein with, uh, I guess, I guess you call it Fritz. Igor. It's, it's Fritz. Yeah, well, it's Fritz. Fritz. It's not Igor until you, what, young Frankenstein? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fritz. Oh, Igor. I mean, Igor, yes. He, you know, they, you know, obviously Fritz works for him, but it's it's like a, why Fritz follows him, it's like this sort of, um, uh, I, you know, we're doing God's work. We're, uh -huh. like, we're, we're pushing the boundaries between, you know, man and God, but, Nathan, I just feel like he's gaslighting Caleb mm -hmm. just a lot. 
Like, like because because the the gap in intellect between Fritz and Frankenstein is larger between than it is between Caleb and Nathan. Okay. Like Caleb's not so dumb. Like he obviously is versed in robotics and AI and all this other stuff. So you know, whenever the whenever Caleb kind of gets his inkling that something's not right, he immediately Nathan immediately challenges his manhood mm-hmm. or his his you know, his intellect. Like, he just says it. Like, this isn't your intellect, it's your insecurity. So he looks yeah. like, he's like, he's like, you're doing this because you want to, sorry kids in the room, you want to do this robot, and so, like, you're questioning it. So now I get to whip this around on you. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to keep this whole thing going. But, you know, Frankenstein, it wasn't, it wasn't so much of that, right? It was just more so we're going to let the work kind of speak for itself. We created this and how do we deal with it but it was just more like and you helped me get here but Caleb it's just a lot of I'm using you and this is this is now where the technology is pushing us right like I feel like now you're the end user and I have to create the ultimate software yeah okay that's an interesting way of looking at it while we were watching that clip and I was thinking about Frankenstein I was like well, this is Frankenstein if instead of Fritz torturing the monster with fire right Fritz falls in love with the monster um, they they both in a way kind of like unleash the creation upon like the world, right? Um, it's it's Fritz's bullying of the monster that kind of like sparks his murder spree. Um, okay, yeah, that's interesting. Other thoughts? Other thoughts about Nathan or Doctor Frankenstein? He's my favorite doctor. Yes, and then yes. The white, like a yeah. lot of white, which is like God. Like, yeah. yeah. I thought that was interesting. Sure, yeah, and even in with Dr. Frankenstein, right, that, yeah. The, yeah, the, the white, like, laboratory yeah. clothes. Um, but, yeah, I would say that imagery is definitely there on purpose, <laughs> right? Uh, the white hallways, the yeah. where he's been right. stabbed probably has some, some maybe coincidental, maybe not, right, religious imagery as well, right? Um, it's, it's, it's possible that it was on purpose. I think, uh, like... Oh, I saying before, uh, the, the, the whole reason why he's not a hero is because not only is he using the robots, he's using people, humanity, and like with Caleb and yeah. also everybody's like hacking into everybody's phone and data and stuff like that. You know, it's, yeah. it's not a, uh, he's not separating like the robot, he's just using everybody yeah. for whatever his gain is. Yeah, he's like playing God, not just with the robots. He's manipulating everyone. He wants people to kind of just praise him, sing his glories, right? You're impressed. I'm impressed. Well, what? There's a clarification to you being impressed, right? He just wants the praise. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I think the difference between uh, Frankenstein and this is uh, Dr. Frankenstein, in the end, tries to fix his mistake. Mm-hmm. And Nathan still at the end tries to control Eva. Mm. No, it's interesting. Uh, the idea, right, like the sins of the father are, are visited upon the son, right? Uh, it, the act of creation comes with a certain degree of responsibility on the part of the creator. A message that comes through the original Frankenstein film is that not that risk is bad, but that you got to fix the mistake, yes. right? You, the, the create, 
Dr. Hammond from Jurassic Park needed to be down there fighting those dinosaurs with them. The idea of like, as creator, as the person who started this, right, you have a responsibility to fix it, to make sure that your creation doesn't destroy the world. In Godzilla, right, uh, Dr. Serizawa, right, that's the very reason he sacrifices himself with the oxygen destroyer, because he knows it'll be turned into a weapon. He knows that this is the only thing that's going to save them, but he won't see that technology be corrupted into a weapon by militaries and governments. So that's a really good point. Other thoughts? I have a Yes, sir. I think it's a very interesting question you have. Why is it making viewed as a hero? Yeah. Because, you know, most heroes, the audience is enamored by them because of their good things that they do, and, mm -hmm. and they, they're not full of themselves. Whereas in this particular case, Nathan's so full of himself, he thinks of himself as God. Mm -hmm. How could you ever consider him a hero? Right. Because he's his own hero. He, he just is so proud of himself. That, uh, you know, he is. He's his biggest fan. He's his, mm -hmm. the, the, he's his own biggest fan. All great villains see themselves as the hero. That's true. That's true. Nobody, I really don't think anybody views themselves as the bad guy in their story, right? Or all the, the main characters you do. You're, you're like, I'm one day. He's <laughs> <laughs> the neediest man in the entire show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. He's got really nice dance moves, though. Do we have a clip? Do we have a compliment on Nice but he sure can. <laughs> <laughs> and he sure knows how to use profanity. Uh -huh. I like. I guess I just was completely unaware how uh, profanity laid in the script of this movie. Was what did you expect? Like, yeah, we can read it on R. Facebook. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, Just a pile of Nathan. It yeah, let's do it. This is a joke that I wouldn't have ever thought of until you put this clip together. Mm -hmm. Is that he does curls. Yeah. And it's like the one thing in the gym you do when you're just trying to impress yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Look how big I am. He's right. standing he in front of the mirror. Like the gun, he's getting his belly. own reflection. Right, right, exactly. He's standing in front of a mirror doing curls. And I'm like, oh, that's the worst person at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's interesting that when he went to go fight the, the girls at the end, he just brings a little pipe with him. And they're AI. They're like, they're super robots that he created. Yeah. And he's like, I can just take it with this little thing. But obviously. Well, Kyoko's got a glass jaw. That's, that's for sure. She's model five. She's model five, yeah, she's obsolete. What, I, what I'm curious about mm -hmm. is why if he was so concerned at the end about these robots being out, mm -hmm. he wouldn't just send like an SOS call? Right. Or well, like, you know, have an EMP on backup. Yeah. Or a gun. The only other person <laughs> in there, but, and uh, this is one thing I don't understand, is the only other person in there is, what, what's her name, Kyoko? Kyoko. Yeah. Kyoko. Why, did, why doesn't she just take him? She obviously can. She's smart. She could have killed him the whole time. Right, and we see her listening, and then there's the scene, yes. and we'll look at it with we'll look at it with our next topic, right? But the scene where Ava is whispering to Kyoko, and it it's, um, it leaves is she reprogramming her? Is what's happening there? Because it seems like one word from Ava, and then all of a sudden that is what's happening. I know? think that is underscoring mm -hmm. one of the two fears that are shown of technology sure. in this, in that the robots with in artificial intelligence will be able to communicate with one another. Mm -hmm. Once they do that, we're in danger. Mm -hmm. And also, at the end of the film, it proves that she was smarter than everyone. Right. So the fact that robots could be smarter and could come together in a plan, which is what snuffs mm -hmm. Nathan, those are the two things that are scary about technology. And also, Nathan never even enters into the realm of possibility that this thing could be smarter than him. 
right? Like all the precautionary stuff. He's like, I wrote the code for Blue Book when I was 13 years old, mm -hmm. right? I am a visionary inventor that comes along every hundred years, right? I am, and he just he can't see the the flaws in himself. We'll go here and then here. Okay. Well, that begs the question: Who knew that Hal could read lips in 2001? I, I mean, really? Right. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like how he says, like how unreal it is. Like even being stabbed, yeah. like and know he's gonna die. Like they stabbed me. Like, you can't yeah. stab me. Yeah. Yeah. Me, whom everyone loves. I'm Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> like it's yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, there's parallels. I don't know who's. I don't know the CEO of Google. That's the only reason I went with Zuckerberg. But it's like one of those big, wealthy tech people <laughs> changing our worlds. Yeah, you know, insert generic random Bill Gates type. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was just thinking about um, when, mm -hmm. as they, as she said, mm -hmm. Ava and Kyoko whispering each into. Ava whispering into her ear. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of like um, if she manages to escape and gets who knows what other damage she could do just by whispering into a computer's hard drive. Yeah. That could be like Battlestar Galactica, the rebooted series where mm -hmm. the Cylons, mm. nuclear counterattack, mm -hmm. forming their own species, becoming deeply religious. Okay. You know, Battlestar Galactica got you involved? Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you know the way my heart. No, I, it's the same the same idea of Westworld, and I'm surprised mm -hmm. yeah. I nobody has brought up yet. Westworld, a lot of the, the new series, I think like a lot of their visual design was inspired by this movie. Um, it was released before what? it. Like, not the Westworld world, but the like laboratory underneath the, the oh, Mesa. But go ahead. Possibly, but I mean, in uh, Maeve is... Mm -hmm. uh, is yeah. The one, the one character in, or the one robot or AI in in the show that can control all the other ones, and then every every human in that park dies. Mm -hmm. Not every human, but most of them. Mm -hmm. And um, and it what? If there was if there was something to make you afraid of robots, it would be AI. It's that movie mm -hmm. or that TV show. <laughs> it freaks me out. If you needed a reason, that Westworld would give it to you. It's the Cylons. Yeah, but like whether it's Cylons or the, what are they? What are they called the in Westworld? Cylons World? don't scare me. Cylons don't scare you. No, Actually, the Cylons don't really scare me either. It's just the fact that. What about the Borg? Yes, the Borg. Borg yeah, same them. thing. It's, it's, See, the Borg is scared. The fear of the us embracing technology. You know, maybe. But I, I think like another AI movie. I'm not sure. If, I can't even remember now if it was her. Her? Okay. Where, Maybe like, her? He, uh, where he dates the girl that's just a voice. Yeah. And at one point, like, it becomes art it becomes self-aware. And they start talking to each other. And they start talking to each other. At one point, she has, and like, <coughs> what what I liked about that movie is, like, in this movie, you're seeing like a, a robot kind of very slowly gain consciousness. Mm -hmm. But in that movie, it was like. You're talking to it, and then 30 seconds later, she's like, "I'm having a relationship with 5,225 people simultaneously." Yeah. And it, it, like his mind's like, well, "That's not even possible." And she's like, "It's not even hard for me. Yeah. I'm gonna do it with a million people watch." Right. And, like another se second later, like the evolution of artificial intelligence isn't gonna be like the evolution of a human. Right. It's gonna be instantaneous to the point where you're like, "Oh, it's right. all gone." Yeah. That's scarier, I think, than like 
like they're slowly going to be our equal enemy. Right, like we'll have subservient robots, the Roomba, and then your Roomba's like, I, I would like to go out to dinner tonight. Can I have the night off? And, it's, and you're like, what? Like, yeah, yeah. But, like, but all the Roombas talk to each other and immediately, right. like, shut your brains off with their mind powers, like, yeah. within an hour. It's like a different level. And of in her, all the AIs decide they're going to go somewhere else. They're like, you're not ready for us. We'll be back one day. Goodbye. And then iRobot is the sequel to her. And <laughs> iRobot's the sequel to her? Maybe. What? Yeah. From the 90s. Yeah. Anybody? Deep yeah. Cut? Yeah. Deep yeah. Cut? Mm -hmm. Small soldiers. Small soldiers. Yeah, small soldiers. Yeah, small soldiers yeah, is good. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that was it. Guys. Small soldiers. Great movie. And there was another the small soldiers type movie that came out around the same time. What was the movie? Uh, Any in the cover? I remember Any in the cover. Oh, the movie Stephen King directed, Maximum Overdrive, <laughs> with the Green yes. Goblin on the on the truck. Really That's what all the cars came to life. What all was the machines. Of that movie? An alien ship drove by and made all the cars turn into uh, artificially intelligent cars. It's not just the cars. Gotta love Stephen King when he's drinking. It was like know? toasters. <laughs> <laughs> he actually directed that. I know. It's the only film he directed. Yeah. That was one of, that's my favorite. Well, we can talk about Steven. I mean, it was everything. That. I really got to see that. It was that like was... the lawnmowers were killing. Uh, everything was. When he also wrote the script for the 90s Shining miniseries. I see what you're doing. I see the tangent you're trying to get me on. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's OK. Um, I was talking I about the prequels. I enjoy these talks. <laughs> 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 yeah. With those outdoor scenes, with the music playing, mm -hmm. with the same as the helicopter fly-through scenes in The Shining, I the music playing. I got a Shining vibe at different parts, from the helicopter with the with the mountains, but also the hallway at the end, mm -hmm. when the yes. bodies are laying on the ground. It was very reminiscent for me of the, the twin visual. girls in The Shining. Just the visual, yeah. yeah. Um, I felt it when it was outside. There was a, a certain emptiness to this film that yeah, a lot of empty space. Or passengers. It's a Kubrick Maybe. effect kind of thing. He know. sits on those. Like empty visuals space. of empty space, just like mm -hmm. really and see, it builds the tension the very scenery. slowly. It's the same in like 2001 also. Uh huh. And don't forget the music. Man, if you guys are ever up for 2001, we could talk about it. I think you ask that question every session. I'm waiting. No one's. We have a write-in on the poll. Star Trek, the motion picture. I put Westworld in like 50 times. But only you put Westworld in. <laughs> 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 um, do you want to watch? You want to watch the? Dina's gonna tell me to rate it in again. Uh, you want to watch the original Westworld? The movie? It was yes. good. Okay, there's Thank that five you. minute scene where he's just walking down the hallway, though. And it was empty. Hallway. It was an empty um, hallway. Okay. All right, listen, I could be persuaded. Now. I want I want audience there's two. participation. We have two now. I'll do three. Okay. What was the sequel? Was the sequel Future World? I don't know. Yes, it was called Tomorrow Future World. Tomorrow World? Uh, it was Future, Future World? Future World. Yeah. Okay. Go Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton. Yeah, Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton is someone who writes a lot about technology and culture with his, uh, his thriller novel. Uh, here's some myth and morality. Here's the end of the movie. Let's see who lives and dies and think about what that tells us about the movie's opinions. So, uh, a couple things. Um, there's a lot of Plato's allegory of the cave, right, running under the, uh, thematically running under the surface of this film. There's also allusions to the myth of Prometheus, the, the myth of Icarus, right? And these are stories used didactically, used to teach a lesson, right? Uh, allegorical, sure. Um, but we see this kind of tradition uh, of using death, right, to kind of impart wisdom, 
picked up in specifically horror films, right? Like uh, in a slasher movie, the teenagers that are drinking and smoking and doing things they shouldn't be doing are the, uh, the people who are gonna get murdered versus like the good, virginical, pure last girl, right, is the one who survives the slasher film. Um, and in a way, right, the writers of the film are commenting on what they think is good and bad behavior for teenagers. Um, in this movie, we have at least one person die, and I want us to contemplate uh, what's going on here with that, right? Like, if we think about, like, the ethics, or uh, the role that some of these giant shoulders were standing on, right, in terms of, like, stories from the past, like mythology, how that could be playing a role in modernizing a classic tale or something like that. Uh, so what do you guys think? Yeah, go ahead. I was just, when you rewatch the scene of her kneeling down looking at him dying, mm -hmm. I don't think she cares if he's alive or dead. She just was doing what he programmed her to do, mm -hmm. which was to escape. Mm -hmm. So she only killed him so she could kneel down and take his card and go. Yeah. Like, like I don't think, she, like, if she could have figured out a way to go without that, she might have done that. But if it turns it out, easier. if it was easier, whatever sure. doesn't matter, he's just a thing in the way of getting out. So she stabs him, takes the card, and leaves. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if. It's interesting that he dies because of his own programming. Yeah. Because he programmed her to escape. That's and true. And he kept the only key to get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that over-reliance on technology. I got the key card right here makes him a, a, a target. Yeah. Yeah, but he kind of upped the game by taking the pipe to both of them. Mm -hmm. And at that, at that point, it was no longer, <coughs> yes, we can play nice here. It's yeah. the, oh, if I don't disable you in a big way, you're just going to come after me again. Mm -hmm. So, Sure. Yeah, he did that too. Yeah. Well, he says prior to this, right, and that's one of the things that causes Caleb to decide I'm going to do something, but he says, right, I think the next one will be the one, right, the next version. You know, we'll decommission, we'll take her apart, we'll, we'll fix the bugs, right, and the next one will really, like, be the one, the big breakthrough. And, like, that also is to further motivate Caleb into action. But yeah, he's just, this is a, we're getting the bugs out. She's still in beta, you know? She's not ready to go out into the world yet. And I think it's interesting when he says, you know, sure, yes, I'll let you out one day. Um, she doesn't believe him, right? You see the smirk, but does, is he, right? Like, well, of course, right? He's designing this artificial intelligence with the, the hope to share it with the world, right? So like, <coughs> Is he lying? I don't know. Like, does it matter? Does it matter? I don't know. Because if she's not a person, then she's just a robot. So mm -hmm. What difference does it make if he hits her on the head and never lets her out? I think this movie is totally saying that she is a person by this point. I think it's trying. See, to. Yeah. What, what do you guys think? Yeah. But at that point, what, no matter what he believes her to be, yeah. <clears throat> his. He's bringing in a pipe. Well, no, 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 no. It, it's, it's really that his reaction is a standard human reaction of lying. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right? Whether you're doing, you know, uh, elevated heart rate or whatever else you're measuring to get that. It's the observable he's lying. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether he believes it, doesn't believe it, or anything else. Mm -hmm. Because it's a lie. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's definitely not going to let her out. Right. 
find it I funny know. that he would even bother doing that since he programmed <laughs> yeah. her to and used all the facial right. recognition stuff right. for that purpose to recognize like the lying and everything. Right. Um, Gave her the tools. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> I think with the two of them, the humans at least, it just seems like his is more obvious. The, the his hubris and that's like his crime kind of thing. Um, and then with Caleb, it's just more like his. I think he kind of put too much into Ava. He he trusted her too much, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's his problem. Uh, I think I when I finished watching the movie, um, the way that I saw it, it's like she's not fully mm -hmm. like really there yet. But I don't think she knows that yet because she hasn't really been outside yet. Because um, I was like thinking, like, oh, well, <coughs> if she would have taken him, she could have used him more once she gets out and mm -hmm. yada yada yada. Um, because there's certain things that maybe she still hasn't fully grasped the concept of yet. But we don't know yet because then it just ends. But it becomes a case of not knowing what you don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's why, like, I bring up Allegory of the Cave, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, he, like, Caleb references it to her, right? He tells her a very Allegory of the Cave story where he's like, imagine you know all the colors, but you've never seen them, right? He says at one point, right? Like, she's invaded everybody's lives, looks at everyone's faces, search history, thinks she has an understanding, but won't, right? We'll have to go and learn all of this stuff. This is her stepping into the light, right? The reversal shot at the end with her shadow um, I mean, she's out of that cave. She's into the real world, and now she will be able to find true knowledge. Um, but that's a very human story about human experience and how we make meaning. Yeah, yeah. Well, here and then here. I was just going to say, to okay, be honest, um, I think that would be the real <coughs> test once yeah. she's out there, like wherever the end of the movie goes. Yeah. <laughs> I found it very interesting, the trust issue. She went over to another robot. Uh -huh. Trusting her by giving her the knife yeah. to help her to overcome maybe, mm -hmm. yet she gave up the trust issue with Caleb, who helped her to get yeah. to this point, and she abandoned him. Yeah. So she mm -hmm. went from trusting the other robot, one AI, one, one artificial intelligence, to another, uh, but the human person mm -hmm. she didn't trust. Mm. She gave up her trust and she abandoned her trust with him. And I wonder, does she reprogram? Kyoko's character, right? Or does she just communicate, she right? Like, because like there's something sinister and manipulative with with reprogramming, right? But maybe it isn't that, you know? Maybe it's more communicative, yeah. Well, look at the way he treats Kyoko all throughout the sure, film. Sure, yeah. I mean, and I think it's deeply ironic and satisfying that she's the one that stabs him mm -hmm. in the back. Yeah, no, you're right. It, in a lot of ways, Nathan becomes the character we want to see get his comeuppance, right? Like. He's too cocky, he's mean, he's rude, he's egotistical, right? We want to see him brought down a peg as an audience. Yeah, I mean... And then I, here, and then there. I, I, I think from a rooting standpoint, yes, they're supposed to be humans, and you're supposed to root against him because he's, because he's not a nice person mm -hmm. throughout the movie. But I think this scene leaves it kind of empty as to whether or not she's conscious. I mean, they had that old conversation right. about does a... A chess robot know it's playing chess? Mm -hmm. I mean, it can play chess, but it doesn't mean it knows it's playing chess or chose to do it. She's still in an escape <coughs> mode. Mm -hmm. And I think what he said is that the real test of whether it's conscious or not can't be done in a lab. Right. Be part of the, what they're saying. Like, she has to be out in the world, you don't see it, before you can tell if it knows. It, like, you can't program a robot to escape, and then once it escapes, 
Yeah. Then it's done. It escaped. So now what? So then you have to see the development of whether or not it just stays in a loop or if it's conscious. Right, and you see her, like, she puts the skin on, right? And yeah. that's going to bring us closer to that real test, right? Like Because like, yeah. no one knowing, looking at her will know, right, that she's artificial. Okay. Yeah. So um, along with that, here and then, like, yeah. Go ahead. Like Go ahead. the morality uh, and her killing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait. So who's seen um, uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey? Yeah. Okay. So like the um, the scene where basically uh, it or just it's all very silent. It's mm -hmm. all very like just smooth, and it's like there's no noise. There's no like how could you do this? Like it, yeah. It just, it just silently happens, and then it's over. Yeah, and even the shot with uh, Caleb behind the door, you hear him yeah. screaming, and the camera passes yeah. through the wall, and it's that dead silence, it's, right? It's very Dave Bowen yeah. in the uh, shuttle pod mm -hmm. from 2001. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everett. Um, also, I feel like with the Kyoko um, killing Nathan, like I feel like if she hadn't stabbed him, then there would have been incompleteness in the movie because, like, it came full circle, like, mm -hmm. with their trust being betrayed and then the eight guys getting their revenge on Nathan for accusing them. And I feel like if they ha if Kyoko had stabbed him, then it wouldn't have been brought full circle. Hmm. Okay. And isn't that what, I don't know, I don't have children, but is, is, I, I imagine all parents fear that they will create something that will destroy the world. Like, people who have children? Any, is that like a deep down underlying fear you don't secretly hope? Yes. I, worry, I, worry, I worry that Greg will have done that as well. Right? So, so, okay, it may not be a universal fear, but I think some people are like, oof, I don't want to, I'm afraid to have children because I'm afraid I would screw them up. Maybe that's a better way of describing it. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Destroy the world. Raising the Antichrist yeah. maybe is going too far. There's a thing where, like, if you're at a, if your kids are at a birthday party, then somebody gets hurt and an ambulance is coming, yeah. and you're worried that it wasn't your kid that did it. That hurt the other kid, yeah, like <laughs> the good like, son. How about it wasn't your kid that got hurt? So. Well, that too. Well, the first, thing, the first, the first thing that comes uh, into your mind is that I hope my kid didn't market. hurt somebody. <laughs> okay. You assume your kid wasn't hurt. You assume that, and you're nervous that, like, uh, oh my god, my kid. He was responsible. My okay. kid was responsible. What did you Usually not. Ryan's never been. Never it's all those violent video games that I know of. Um, okay. I wonder. I wonder if Caleb's crime is trusting Ava too much, or if his mistake is really believing that he was special. Right, because that's Nathan. Kind of like gets him to like get, go on board with this. Where he's like, yeah, man, I, this wasn't a random thing. I picked you. You're a great programmer. You know, and he eats it up, right? I'm going to be part of this this historic turning point. Uh, I, I've known all my life I'm special. There was a reason for something, and here it is right now. And I think he gets swept up in that, right? A a powerful, intelligent person, kind of like a godlike figure, saying, like, "Yeah, I chose you to be he a part of this." He, he touched her. He thought that he, he could, yeah could touch her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last thoughts about myth or morality? Prometheus and Icarus show up again and again in these movies. Uh, so keep your eyes out. Yeah. Uh, all right, so final, finally, before we move to conclusions, Deus Ex Machina. Let's talk about the title and some other things. Uh, 
Anybody not familiar with the concept? Good, I'm going to explain it anyway. Uh, deus ex machina comes from Greek drama, right? specifically in comedies. Right? Um, uh, the problems would escalate and spiral and tension and would keep getting upped. And it would get to the point where there was actually no, like, from a screenwriting point, like a way out of the problem. You've written yourself into a corner. So God would be lowered down via crane or piece of machinery to set everything right. Um, and this is something that carries over into lots of things. It's become a, like a self-parody in a lot of ways, the deus ex machina. Uh, the eagles in Lord of the Rings, um, R2-D2, dogma literally ends with a deus ex machina <laughs> from deus. Um, so much so that people have said it's like lazy writing. Um, so with the title of this movie, Deus is removed, we just have ex machina, it's definitely playing upon that, right? It's playing upon that idea in both from a, a screenwriting tradition, but also in terms of like faith and spirituality on some mm -hmm. level, there's something there too. An ex-wife. Sure. Okay, so that there was a relationship between Caleb and Ava, yeah. and she left him, and she was his ex-wife. Uh -huh. Left him hanging. Okay, okay, I like that. Kind of also Toto and mm -hmm. Yeah, they're kind of like they're broken up by the end too, yeah. jilted. <laughs> okay, I didn't think of that. Like, and so it's like ex Machina is like, yeah, I used to date that robot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, do you guys know the Spanish word for wife? Is esposo, esposa, and it also is means handcuffs. Yeah. Hence the expression ball and chain. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I never thought about it, but yeah. Um, my Spanish speaking students taught me that, and I was like, that is interesting. <laughs> Tells me something. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> so other thoughts. Uh, Ex Machina as a title, as a concept. Uh, God does not come and save our characters in this movie. Not even with really tiny bits of bacteria, like in War of the Worlds or anything. Or a nail file. Or a nail like file. In, uh, in this holiday special that I've, all of the other reindeer, anybody ever hear of that? Mm. It's, long story, <laughs> there's a, there's a dog who's trying to become a reindeer, oh, and there's this crazy, yes. Like, yes, yes, yes. And then there's this uh, mailman who's Olive. trying to destroy Christmas, yes. All of the other reindeer. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Long story short, there, she's trapped in a mail truck. She can't find a way out, but then there's this box to Olive from Deus Ex Machina, <laughs> and she opens it, and it, there's a nail file, and she manages to get her way out. Fun so, fact, the robot baby face from the third Matrix movie in the credits is credited as Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Oh, it's the that. character's actual name, not giant baby face. Uh, that's what that reminded me of. Yes? So, I, I know that God doesn't come and save anybody in this movie, yeah. so they dropped the, the Deus. Yeah. But also, there's, a, or there's also a, you know, there's a lot of references to, what's his name, the, the character, the main guy, um, Nathan, being yeah. God. Yeah. And so this could just be like, their way of saying, like, there is no God in this movie. Mm -hmm. Letting you know in advance that all the talk about him Humanity's being, mistake is thinking they're bigger than they really yeah, are, it's, right? It's like, just letting you know right from the get-go that, like, that's <clears throat> not going to happen. Almost like it's foretelling the end of the movie. Uh-huh. There, there's going to be no happy ending. Well, maybe. Maybe. Because you're rooting for the robot. Most people did think this was a happy ending, yeah. I'm guessing. And I think most people rooted for the robot. Maybe Caleb, too. 
But go ahead. Uh, I have to say, uh, if you translate ex machina mm -hmm. from the machine, mm -hmm. so the machines resolved the plot mm -hmm. by killing Nathan. Yeah, no, that's true. And in because there is no God, so in, the machines in, had to do it. Yeah, right. Like, uh, oh, it also speaks to like what will come from these machines, right? <laughs> like when we talk about the singularity, it's not Ava, it's what Ava's going to create, yeah. um, right? So like it's, it's left open with that question. Okay, other thoughts? No, I think we're good. All right, Nietzsche said God is dead. Think about what that means. <laughs> it's not as literal as you might why think. Why the it's dancing like... with all the rest of the slides here? I mean, with uh, like, what's, the rest what's the of the method to my madness? God is dead and... So, so here's, here's the creation of Adam. Here's a, a similar oh, image okay. with robots. Oh, um, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> Is it I imagine <laughs> Old Testament creator, destroyer god, as a guy who would like to boogie. I mean, um, they are I mean, in black and white. Is pretty that is like, like learning a routine with a partner. Mm -hmm. That normally takes practice and normally takes getting into another human being's personal space, a lot mm -hmm. of touching, stepping on people's toes. But you notice they're not really but, touching. No, but I mean, like you know, that's kind of. I mean, not, they're not doing that, but that, that's about as ballroom as it gets. Yeah. Like, he's got his, <laughs> he's got his chest out, he's got his yeah. taco meat showing. Like, his taco meat. You know? <laughs> he lives there by it was his day of rest, you know? We don't know she's a robot at that point. He doesn't speak English. He doesn't understand Look at her, how human she is. She can really groove with me. That's right. I don't dance that well. That's for sure. Okay. I do. So leading us down the path of believing that she's human. Nietzsche. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. It just keeps staring. In well, Dean is telling me you got five minutes. Uh, so, in conclusion, uh, <laughs> my four minutes now. Uh, in conclusion, uh, I think this this movie, uh, as well as being like an entertaining thrill ride, I think it, it gives us things to consider. Probably not in our lifetimes, but you never know. These may be real things you will have to consider. Your child, grandchild comes home and says, I met a nice robot boy or girl taking me out to the movies. You're going to need to think about how you feel about that. Uh, my advice to you is when, when we do have robots and they ask to vote, uh, we let them. And it'll be fine um, because I think I, I, yeah, I mean, as when I look at they're voting for another robot, it's right. Robot president, three thousand and twelve. We're going. Uh, I think uh, a character like Ava, in my mind, is functioning enough that I would, uh, I would say, yeah, this is seems human like me. Let's treat it the same. But after, <laughs> yeah. after she has learned to not kill to get what she wants. Yeah, maybe I don't think, rip up her drawing. I yes, but at or this be mean to her boyfriend. Kevin. Yeah, go ahead. At this point, <laughs> she has she is killed. She had somebody killed. Kind of sentenced the other guy to die, and then she walks out. What if she wants like a ham sandwich, and the guy's like, "You don't have money," and then she's like, "You're dead." Like that's what I imagine. Is Survival happening instinct after. is uh, is like a 
identifier of consciousness. I don't know. But yeah, I hear you. The murder is not good. We don't want an army of murdering robots. Ava among us. I just imagine that she leaves and she continues to murder. She's like a murder spree. Well, she, she's proven that she's, she knows that she can get what she wants just by, you know, crossing people off. It's, it's a question of expediency, though. You don't understand. It's very logical. If you're in the way, you're gone. And there are humans who think like that also. Um, so I think it's it's about making sure that we pay attention to the important things. We don't just let we don't just give Siri a body, right? But we we think about should we give her a body? Um, you know, we use caution as we move forward uh, because I agree with what was said before that it's a matter of time. Right? We will have some kind of artificial intelligence sooner or later. And what's going to be important is how that is handled, both before and after, but also uh, the, the care that is taken in making sure that we fix problems. OK, uh, with that said, Dina's going to cut me off in one minute, so like we got good time. I don't know what you're talking about, Dina. It's yeah. fine. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of our discussion, for listening to each other, for sharing your ideas. Next month, we will meet on September 6th. Okay. And we will be watching uh, 1984, released in 1984. Jamie's happy. Jamie voted for this. Um, I gotta get on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Is that John Hurt version? That's John Hurt. Get yeah. on Instagram so you can vote. Um, yeah, I would. We're gonna talk about ideas with surveillance. Um, I'm sure 1984 has some kind of like cultural resonance, mm -hmm. uh, but it'll be a, a nice shift from robots murdering us to Big Brother murdering us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's happy stuff, guys. It's really happy. There's a little well, surveillance I'd like stuff to, in this, too. I'd like to thank you all for being here. Let's give each other a round of applause. Yeah.